Just like that, the final hour is here. Hot Mike with Honey with Row across the Outkick Network on the Monday edition. Join us in the chat, streaming live on YouTube. Listen to this great radio partner. We say thank you. Chad, uh, so college football playoff is set. We've got plenty more to break down of this uh, as we now wait what feels like, well, it'll feel like a month and a half before we get to the uh, end of the college football season, but wait till the end of the year later this month to get to uh, the semifinal matchups between Michigan and Alabama. So ready for those. And Texas, Washington. There's some good games in between. We'll There's tell a you lot of well. good, uh, lot of good bowl games this yeah. year, depending on who shows up and plays and doesn't opt out. Well, that should be good. That's also the unknown, right? Uh, some good merch that you can take advantage of the Outkick store playing on a new field. And uh, you can head over to the new Outkick store, which is just launched. Celebrate. We're offering a buy one, get one 50% off deal for a limited time. You can find our favorite polos, t-shirts, and more when you visit shop.outkick.com and you score 50% off. All you got to do is visit shop.outkick.com, add the items to your cart, and the discount will be automatically applied. I love that one of the items is called a dad cap. That's um, dad cap. That's interesting. Right up your alley. I didn't, I didn't know that it was like, is that just with a bendier bill? I don't know. Not a flat bill? I don't know. Does it have a fish I got a hat here now. I, I, I got to be honest. I've got a hat here from Old Smokey that I wear at kids' drop-off at school. And I've never been like a flat bill guy. Yeah. But this thing will not bend like past a certain level. And it looks pretty good on me. Okay. Like it's very youthful looking. It's not total flat bill. But uh, it's it's a Takes little bit like our, our Colin. guy Colin over here, his hat that he's got on. Okay. But a little bit, maybe slightly more bend to it, but it... it I, I'm rocking it. Uh, it's it's working. So it's not a dad cap. I don't. I don't. I need to find the definition of dad. You receive compliments to know. Yeah. Well, I'm not receiving compliments. I'm complimenting myself. No one said a word to me about it. I just look in the mirror and say, "This works." I feel like it's working, and it's not even Good. a dad cap. It's the I didn't know dad cap was a thing. It's the confidence level until I saw that. So now I know. Shop.outkick.com. The more you know. So uh, what I do know is, no matter who's winning the title uh, in college football, there's going to be a lot of complaining and hatred about that program and here's why uh if alabama goes on to win well the sec has won 13 of the last 17 national championships add another one if texas goes on to win well it's a great story and it's fun. they're leaving the big 12 they're headed to the sec where they have won 13 of the last 17 national champions championships washington great for the pac-12 but everyone's looking at it going well the big 10 has now uh, it's a Big Ten title. Yeah, it's a Big Ten title. It's looked at as, well, the final game, Pac-12 goes out on top, but they're going out. There's nothing to be said or done about it after that that matchup for the potential championship. And then there's Michigan, where we we the storyline that's dominated college football this season. What's not there is FSU. And FSU now gets Georgia in a game that's going to be you know, promoted as some, you know, we're going to, the prove it game, you know, against what was the number one team in the land until they weren't by losing by three on a neutral field in the SEC championship game. Uh, Chad, the Orange Bowl, though, is not the game I look at on paper and think this is the matchup I can't wait to watch outside of the playoff. For me, it's it's one of two. It's either Oklahoma, Arizona, because Arizona has been... what percentage of the college football fan base or just media in general has watched Arizona? Yeah, not 5% a lot. 5% has seen, seen them play. And then there's Penn State Ole Miss. 
just because the, the two coaches that can't win a big game are facing off against each other. And I want to see the Nittany Lions and, you know, the Rebels and Kiffin and James Franklin. That's yeah. a, and that's the Peach Bowl. Yeah, that's a good the, – the, of the New Year's six games, I think that Ole Miss-Penn State game is, is terrific. I, I'm really interested in Missouri-Ohio State to see if Missouri can win that. And I, I think that has a chance to be a, a really good game. I could also see a scenario where Ohio State blows them out in that game. But, but the, I, the, I'm interested to see but that But the news one. about Kyle McCord – kind of softens that yeah. entry. Oh, definitely. For um, me. I think that should be a good game. I really like Arizona-Oklahoma, partially because the Alamo Bowl tends to deliver really crazy games. I think the Alamo Bowl and the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, year after year, seem to deliver uh, when those games go on. It's always a thriller. Now with Caleb Williams not playing for USC, though, against Louisville, I- I'm not overly hyped up about that one. I doubt Drake May plays for North Carolina, but I like North Carolina-West Virginia in Charlotte, North Carolina, in that game, geographically. I like that matchup. If I'm going my favorite matchup, though, of the, the non-New Year Six, I'm going to go Arizona, Oklahoma. In the, uh, in the And for the reason you said, I think for a lot of people, probably the first time you're really paying attention to Arizona this season if, if you're watching that game. Yeah, and Oklahoma's offense can disappear at times. But also, you no know, Dylan got- Gabriel, I'm guessing, since he's entered the transfer portal. Uh, yeah. He won't be playing for yeah, Oklahoma. Jeff Levy's not there. Yeah. You know, he's now This is one that I feel State. like a week from now, we could come back and have an entirely different answer based on what we learn about opt-outs yeah. of the game. So it's hard to – it's always hard to preview playoff or bowl games the Monday after they're all released because there's still so many variables and unknowns about what's coming. Alamo Bowl, to your point, Chad, they has averaged 66 points – over the last 14 bowl matchups in the Alamo Bowl. They get after it. 66 points. The winning team averages 40. And Oklahoma, Arizona can certainly play in that range. Uh, the, the other one I paid attention to was James Madison, who thankfully g- gets in uh, based on where they were in the, the rules for uh, qualifying teams. James Madison and Air Force, that's the bowl matchup for them. That's Air Force is really good this year. Just before Christmas. So, yeah. And so was JMU. Deserved, they deserved better. Instead, they we did. get Liberty. They did. They, they at least get a bowl game, a reward for that season. A couple of uh, Notre Dame, Oregon State, Louisville, USC, which is going to be a yawner. Um, Tennessee and Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Yes. Tennessee now, got that, a huge break to move all the way up to the Citrus Bowl, uh, where they were looking at Gator Bowl, uh, at one point Music City Bowl, and maybe outside chance of Tampa. But getting, I mean, I think in order, it's basically Citrus, the Tampa Bowl, and then Gator to get that Citrus Bowl slot was big, and they get everyone's favorite offense, Iowa, in that game. What's it? Is it going to be point five in that one too? No, I think uh, I don't think Tennessee's defense is going to get the respect of Michigan's and right, right instead of so. three and a half each half. I think it's going to be like five and a half or six will be the over under for the first half. <laughs> I think there's a solid chance Iowa finds the end zone in this game. I, I'm going to go. Wow. I'm going to go and throw out a prediction and Take say that Iowa then. will score an offensive touchdown in this game, at least one. Chad has scored and wrong team favored on the final. How about that? Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, picking uh, Washington to win. I was the, just a wee bit Friday excited night. Friday been. night when that happened to go from 0 and 12. This is why. This is a message for the college football yes. play committee. This is why games matter, people. This is why you play the games on the field and not on paper. Because here I was, little old me, 0-12 on the season, did not have a single win and wrong team favored. And then on that final championship weekend, I said, you know what? 
I've liked Washington all year. Washington's my winner. You need to change that zero to nine and a half because that's how many points I have now after this weekend. Hutton won again. Don't care about that right now. Congrats to Hutton, but don't care. I won for the first time. And I'll say, when we do this five-team apiece bowl extravaganza when we have a draft, I mean, there is a scenario where I win this competition if I can go four and one or five and oh in those games. If I get enough points there, I could come all the way back and win this thing. This is why you play the games on the field and why games matter. Yeah, it's like, Friday night is an example. It's like the Titans in the locker room saying that they're still in contention for a playoff spot. Yeah. Well, they, hey, they could still end up with 10 wins on the season. Mathematically, I'm still alive. <laughs> and I, I, will, I will fight to the death and to the end. And then when I'm out, I'm out. You know what? There's still a scenario where I win this matchup. Okay. Uh, you sound like the one of the Titans defensive linemen. I will be at four um, and eight. I got to see how big the spreads are before I really say mathematically I can do it. This is like the final Jeopardy wager. Like how many how many combined points in those five games? I can't take a lot of field goal spreads. And typically in bowl games, the lines are pretty close. You yeah, shouldn't have said your strategy because now we can to. play that, off that. But we know his strategy, though. Uh, uh, you guys just keep, trying, we're gonna, just keep trying to I'll win. I'll be you fair. Yeah, there's no, you know what? I'll just keep winning. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no strategy. Just keep winning the way you've been winning all year. I'm going to have to go for the big lines. Yeah. That's my strategy is I'm going to have to go big. Chad's going to take UCLA over Boise State or something. Yes. Troy, What's the line on that? Troy over Duke. I don't know. <laughs> Just Troy may be favored over the Duke. The Birmingham Bowl. No Riley Leonard. Troy may be favored. Pop-Tart Bowl. Oh, I'm going to all these bowls. Uh, is there a Magnolia Bowl still? If so, the Camellia? I'm sure there, there are 46 I'm, I'm going for all of them. those bowls. Are there 46 bowls? Is that right? The crazier the corporate sponsor, that's the bowl I'm going for. 41 football games i see what like most of these lines are pretty close i'm trying to find the biggest line as of right now chad's um, allowed to double the spread U- utsa <laughs> is a nine and a half point favorite over marshall i don't even they don't even have which bowl it is listed next to these lines they're just um, going to play a home and home this is the uh, start of a home and home they're going to play against Sa- each other south alabama 16 point favorite over eastern michigan all right, so uh, you can expect me to take Eastern Michigan and Marshall, a couple green and white teams. Kansas, 11.5 point favorite over UNLV. Oh, I love UNLV in that game. Uh, Boston College, 11 point dog to SMU. Tough for Boston College. No respect. Uh, Minnesota's got to be a big dog because they're the only team of 82 teams to not win more games than they've lost. So they're five and seven. They got yeah. the they got the uh, the grade exemption or they APR. Only eligible? one game lost more games than it won or one team, and it was Minnesota. They're taking on Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl, Chad. They'll probably still be right favored. up your alley. That, that's I believe in Detroit. I think that game is played in Detroit. Minnesota's a four and a half point favorite in that one. <laughs> yeah, I figured they'd be favored. Uh, there you go. There's your Bowling Green aspect of it. The Toastery Bowl. I'm going for all the big points. Let's just let's go ahead and throw that out there. The toast because I have to, not because I necessarily think they're going to win. It's toast because I need bowl, Chad. Our first bowl, uh, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. That game's actually played in 30 minutes. I yeah. think it kicks off. Yeah, it's uh, or very it, early December. Uh, Florida State, 14 and a half point dog to Georgia. You know, it'd be fun is if one That's year you, you just took took the worst game, like you take Bowling Green, Minnesota. And the game is just played 24 hours after the selection. <laughs> like teams just have to get to the city and play, no preparation. We're just going to be ourselves. Do that. If you get slotted like to that the first game, four. you have to go. Yeah, you You're just get on, on plane. Tuesday. Like, guys, we're going to meet in El Paso, side of the Sun Bowl, <laughs> and play this game. Or just right in the middle of it, you go to Kansas City, and you're playing a game on a Monday afternoon the next day. No, no prep. Just get yeah. them out there, play it. Neutral site, too. You're not allowed to host that game. I may start this bowl. If Jimmy Kimmel can have his own bowl, why not us? That's right. 
That's right. Uh, Jordan, like I'm saying, why not me in the competition of wrong team favored? I'm saying, why not us in a bowl game? How great uh, was Jordan Travis's response on social? Oh, terrific. For Florida State. He's saying like, hey, uh, he's, he's heartbroken. Of course, he broke his leg. He said, in so much dis- disbelief right now, I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so y'all could see that this team is much more than the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13-0. And this roster matches up across any team in those top four rankings. I'm so sorry. Go Knowles. Uh, meanwhile, you had Norvell, who was asked about Jordan Travis. And this is prior. No, this is right after the game. Right after the win. And he's saying, Jordan Travis means everything to this program. That was his answer about Travis not being as the quarterback and how the committee may view them. Uh, word that a little different. Yeah, that was Word not that, a that, that was not his best. I, I know what he's saying. Like he's like as a person, yeah, uh, he no means doubt. so much to us. But you gotta, you know, you gotta be able to to play the the politics game. Like we'll get into. Um, oh yeah, both an alpha and beta from Alabama from this past weekend of of how to play it, how not to play it. Um, yeah, that was not the best. Well, and then all you have to do is play the games and and take care of your business that's in front of you, right? That's what we all thought. I just uh, that's what everyone the, was saying before this weekend. Greg McElroy was on ESPN saying, "Oh, Florida State has nothing to worry about. They win, they should be in. They're going to be there." And then he's he's got a different argument once he saw Alabama beat Georgia, and saying that they should be out and Alabama should be in. So um, right now, the first team out for the expanded playoff would be Oklahoma, because Liberty would get the 12 spot. Oklahoma, LSU, Arizona are the first three out. Well, and if schedule matters, Liberty had the worst schedule in college football, the weakest schedule of everyone, and they get the nod well, over gonna, some other teams. Well, they, they, get the automatic, they get the automatic spot, though, based on yeah, the new rule. Yeah, but I'm saying with the rankings, like I don't know that if you're arguing at one point, you know, well, the strength of schedule, strength of schedule, theirs is the oh, worst. I see, yeah. Far and worse than other SMU, other teams Kansas that would have been up for that spot. I'm saying for the, the teams that were there that are group yeah, of five. Yeah, they're, they're ahead of uh, K-State and SMU in the top 25. Yeah, here's, right the, here's the statement from Mike Norvell, which is great. I'm disgusted and infuriated with the committee's decision today to have what was earned on the field taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of games. What is the point of playing games? Do you tell players it's okay to quit if someone goes down? Do you not play a senior on senior day for fear of injury? Where's the motivation to schedule challenging non-conference games? We are not only an undefeated Power 5 conference champion, but we also played two Power 5 non-conference games away from home and won both of them. I don't understand how we are supposed to think this is an acceptable way to evaluate a team. That was from Mike Norvell. And we saw the video of the response from Florida State Yeah, when they weren't in. Gutting is the only way to describe it. Leave the room. and Yeah. And then, you know, you I think, got... I think that's well said. And they, you could tell they almost... I won't say expected it, but they just kind of, you know, sunk their heads and just said, whatever. You know, I can't believe it. We literally did everything we possibly could. And now they face Georgia. And I don't know how you get up for that game. I don't. And Georgia, what? too, honestly. I mean, they, they were going for a third straight national title. Yeah. They lose one game by three points. Now, now they're not playing for a, a championship. So you guys are talking about having to release statements. I saw the ACC. Um, Commissioner Jim Phillips released a statement. If you wanted to go back, though, and, and point some fingers, when the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC formed their alliance, they voted against expanding the college football playoff to 12 teams for this season. 
them voting against that ultimately cost several of their members an opportunity to, to play for a national championship. But vote, voted against it based on the criteria and the fact that at the time, they did, no one was trusting the SEC and ESPN, right? And the, in the end, they were proven right to not trust the SEC and ESPN <laughs> the next year. It shouldn't have mattered. Like that, that, they should have been in with everything that went on this year. Let me say something else about the SEC. Not a great year. Georgia, Alabama, great, really good. I was not all that impressed with the SEC top to bottom this year compared to other seasons. Not good for the Big Ten either. Coming no. up, Alphas and Betas from the football weekend. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Head and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. So, uh, not, not an alpha move for the New York Jets today, where first it's put out there that Zach Wilson doesn't want to really, he's hesitant to return as the <laughs> starting quarterback for Robert They were trying Wallace, to give the job Jets. back to him, and he said, no thanks, yeah. I'm good. Uh, that Zach Wilson wouldn't be, uh, he, Robert Salas said in his press today, Wilson wouldn't be with the team if he was reluctant to be our quarterback. And then he went on to say, quote, he wants the ball. Uh, they have not decided who's going to start Sunday against Houston. But, I mean, they've, they've got Boyle who was benched, Trevor Simeon, just awful. And then there's Wilson who is now all of a sudden back in consideration, Chad. I mean, uh, and also, out of consideration, Aaron Rodgers' return to the field. We knew that last week, whenever he actually did return to practice. He won't be out there. Yeah, uh, he said, I, Wilson, I, uh, just, Wilson gives them, quote, the best chance to win, is what Salah said. Just uh, let's stop talking about winning for a second, if, if we're the Jets. Like I, yeah. I'm, I started out really liking Robert Sala, watching Hard Knocks, and as the season has gone on, I have grown more and more tired of everything that he says about this team and about everything. Well, he had everything lined up, you know, and then all of a sudden Zach Wilson's back after he benched him last year in early December. Four snaps it's, in. Let's just get to the finish line here. If you're the Jets and then you've got an offseason where Aaron Rodgers can get completely healed up and you can make some moves to try to win big next year. That's, that's all anyone's worried about. Hey, Florida State uh, and Florida lawmakers are still trying to win big right now. I knew this was inevitable, and as outraged as I am by Florida State not being in, this is too much because now Florida lawmakers have met, and they are proposing state legislation to protest Florida State not making the college football playoff. <laughs> it's unclear what direction a bill could take, but legislators are discussing a few options. This from Front Office Sports. You can't do anything, no. so let's stop the grandstanding just politicizing this and saying, I'm on the side of Florida state just for votes or whatever you're doing. Stop, stop it. We're not going to have a bill in, in Florida through Florida lawmakers. It's going to prevent Florida state from not going to the peach bowl and going to the college football playoff instead. Just stop it. Chad, uh, even if I'm Florida state and I'm Mike Norvell, I'm thinking this is silly. Just quit. If only, you know, they were, Things were taken as serious in other aspects of life instead of just college football oh, and know. fandom and recruiting and everything else. You know, this is a travesty of justice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll dare them. There was, a, I remember there was a, a video um, 
one of my first games as a student at Tennessee was the phantom catch by Jabbar Gaffney for Florida yeah. that cost Tennessee the game in the end. That was a catch, no catch. They rolled a catch, but this was pre, you know, replay on anything. So it was called a, a touchdown on the field and it stood. And there was video of some, some fan just standing right over the refs as they left the field. And just over and over, he was saying, this is a travesty of justice. A travesty of justice. I mean, it was like a scene out of A Few Good Men when Jack Nicholson's getting escorted out of the courtroom. And I'm thinking, man, I love this sport so much that this is the it's reaction classic, to it now. Classic college a football. A travesty of justice. Three months. Three months. All you've done here today is weaken an entire nation. That's all you've done, college football playoff committee. Chad, uh, so much fun. We lead off our alphas from the weekend with Nick Saban, and you say, for good reason. Yeah, Nick Saban um, got it done this weekend. Again, look, he um, that team did not look like Bama last year at times with two losses. Didn't look like Bama because they didn't up in the college football playoff either. And then they play Texas, and you look at Nick Saban's home record in Tuscaloosa. It is remarkable over the years as the Alabama head coach. They didn't just get beat by Texas. They got whipped a little bit. They got pushed around in that game. Yep. Very early in the season, but immediately the thought is, man, something is wrong when there's a carryover, it feels like, from last year to this year. The next week, they're bad against South Florida on the road. And what do they do? It's like a new team showed up week after week, getting better and better. Offensive lineup's terrible. Early in the year, it got better and better. Defense for Nick Saban always improves as the year goes on. They improved again this year. Jalen Milrow looks like a pro. He's dropping in a bucket on 4th and 31 to Isaiah Bond to beat Auburn. Then they come out this weekend, and they're the ones to knock off Georgia. And it is there's a, there's a poetry to this that it was, it was Kirby Smart needing to get past Nick Saban right at one point to win that national title, then to win another one, and to get to that position where they're the new Bama. Mm -hmm. And they were. They're going for a third straight national title. They're the dynasty. And then it's also poetry that in the end, the cyclical nature of it, it is Nick Saban that delivers the death blow to Kirby Smart, eliminating him from a chance at winning that third straight. Here's what turned for Bama this season to me, and it's more than just Milrow because he's the important part here. Um, Chad, it's number one, they they have been able and they did this uh, Saturday against Georgia. Only uh, only one snap, I believe, they brought five. That's crucial. Number two, they're, they're winning the battle up front. Number two, the penalties that I've harped on for the last two and a half years at inopportune times. The just the operational aspect that just and you got ten to twelve penalties a game. What's going on here? And some of them were twelve men on the field or needing to call a late timeout because you didn't have uh, you needed one more on for a you know a punt coverage or whatever it might be R- rushing on the 11th guy and then the other is they're not turning it over they didn't turn it over either so w- with that and as long as Milrow is doing this where he's just ascending and he's he's found his he's found his his grip on the program he's the next guy there's a lot of pressure to be the next guy with this lineage of quarterbacks they've had recently and we knew last year Milrow just didn't fit that mold, right? Yeah. When he had, when he when we saw him, and they stuck with him all off season, benched him. Now he's back, and he's like fourth in the Heisman uh, 
odds right now, which is also just bizarre to see his name there for the first time right at the end of the season. Uh, I I agree. Saban's done a great job with this group, and he'll have a chance to finish on top yet again, which is normally where he does uh, when no one really wants to see. And I think this year he's getting more of the accolades because they missed it last year. Yep. He's he's on the he's stumping for the idea of a two loss team that lost twice on the last play of the game getting into the playoff. They didn't. And this year, they're a one-loss team that gets in. There's controversy about it. But I think more than ever, we're seeing a, a, a group, a fan a fan base. Not I'm not talking about the Tide fan base. The By and large, the college football fan base is going, man, this is a great job this year yeah. based on what the national conversation no, there's, was. There's no doubt. It's, it's, it, this is not a subjective argument. It's objectively a very good job done by Nick Saban with this team from where they started to where they finished. The San Francisco 49ers started well. I think they're going to finish just fine. Uh, oh, yeah. They finished well yesterday in Philly. Uh, that was an alpha performance from the 49ers, starting with Nick Sirianni apparently getting into a, a confrontation with 49ers players pregame. 49ers have some sort of issue with the Eagles because the Eagles feasted on them when they lost Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game last year. This is something that has been going on throughout the offseason. Both sides were fired up for this game. You got Big Dom, the Eagles head of security. <laughs> pushing Dre Greenlaw out of the way, getting himself kicked out, getting Dre Greenlaw kicked out. But in the end, the 49ers, every time they needed an answer, a, easy, a screen pass to Debo Samuel where he's untouched for a touchdown. I mean, this offense was humming yesterday. Alpha performance for those Niners. Look at what they've done against the Cowboys and the Eagles. Hammered them. The combined score, 84-29. to 29. And they finished yesterday's game and what was a, what, 42-19 route with drives, touchdown drives, six consecutive, 85-90, 75-77, 75-47 yards. And then he just had to run off the clock. Dominant. It's a, it's a, Shanahan said it's a hell of a win and a hell of a team. He's right. But here's the, here's the truth in all of it. I think it, we'll miss the point on Philly. The NFL schedule makers did them no, no good deed here. This is their third game in 13 days. Yeah. This is San Francisco's first game in 10. Keep all of that in mind whenever you're mentioning, oh, there's a reason why Vegas had them favored by three on the road in Philly. Well, all of this combined with the weather elements and everything else, Philly's going to be right there too. I can't wait for the rematch of the postseason. Another NFL beta, uh, the New England Patriots defense. Oh, the alpha. The alpha is the defense. Sorry, yeah. The, well, I'm, I think... The only thing. Right now, I think beta, I think Patriots. Well, so I immediately the, went to that. Uh, the, the alpha, alpha the, the New England Patriots <laughs> offense. We'll get to betas here momentarily. The defense for the Patriots. They've held opponents to 10, 10, and 6 points in their last three games, Hudson. So, Bill Belichick's side of the ball, getting it done right now for the Patriots. Nothing else is going on. And they way. are the first team to lose those games by a defense that has a defense that's done that. That's held three had three consecutive losses with a defense that's held the opponent to ten points or less. Let's get flip and go to betas now. Yep. The Patriots offense six to nothing, six to nothing, a loss to the Chargers. <laughs> By the way, Brandon Staley continues to get to to lecture the media at that point, saying, "Guys, defense isn't the problem here. Defense isn't the problem. We won this game and we scored six points because of my defense. That was a miserable game." The Patriots just this week. Oh, no, that's the season finale. Can we go ahead and bet the under in advance for Patriots, Jets, under? I need an advanced uh, over-under in that game. Definitely. Yeah, that that's going to be awful. 
Also, uh, you've got Thursday night football, uh, Patriots and uh, Steelers. Under. Always take the under. Belichick has no words. He's like, what do you want Bill O'Brien to do? He's like, well, we're just looking to uh, actually improve, do do some good things on offense. Steelers uh, could be honorary mention betas this week, too. That's a bad, Arizona. bad home loss to and Arizona. A big, uh, two different uh, weather delays in that that benefited Arizona. And I, do, I, I still love Mike Tomlin uh, postgame, just sits down and, well, pretty much nothing went right today in this game. We didn't do anything well. And uh, that's just some JV football that we saw, that we that we put out there today. First bait of the weekend, Craig Ackerman, the Titans special teams coach. Uh, yesterday against the Colts, the Titans had two blocked punts on back-to-back series within four plays. <laughs> within four plays being uh, ran, you had the uh, special teams allow uh, two blocked punts. And really, the, the first one's returned for a touchdown uh, where they overloaded one side for whatever reason. No one had the wherewithal to actually recognize that they were outnumbered. Guy went untouched. Untouched. It's an easy block and touchdown. You'll see it was a one hop, catch the ball off the hop, off the block, and jog it into the end zone. Next possession, three and out. And on that punt, Ryan Stonehouse, their punter, it's really a fumble. It's really a fumble, not even a block punt, because they had the gunner run off the edge, lay out, and didn't even have to lay out. He was there so fast because nobody even recognized the fact that they were outnumbered again. And Ryan Stonehouse uh, has his knee blown out by the rush because he the, the gunner hits the punter and knocks him out for the season before he could even attempt to punt the football. That's how bad it was. Uh, today, Ackerman fired. This is the ninth time since 1990 that a team has blocked two punts in the same game. I don't know the stat for back-to-back blocked punts in a, a short span of one, three, and out. So to recap, two blocked punts the Titans allowed, the second of which nearly broke the leg but blew out the knee uh, of the plant leg of their star punter. That's right, I said star punter because he's the best player on the Titans team <laughs> and he's the most effective. Yep. So Craig Ackerman got their punter nearly killed and lost a leg in the injury. Forcing Ryan Tannehill, who's been injured, to come in and hold on the next extra point that was missed by Nick Folk. That was the difference in the game. That would have made it 26-25 instead of 25-all in the end. And that was the difference in the football game. Brutal. And they go to overtime and lose. That will cost you your job. Chad, Greg Byrne, also beta of the weekend. I I, I get sick and tired of hearing anything from Bama, anything remotely complaining. Given their status as a program, given all the winning they've done, given all the titles, given their relationship with ESPN, that half the time their shows look like a Nick Saban infomercial. I don't want to hear from Greg Byrne before the ratings come out saying, well, we're going to have to reevaluate games we play. We shouldn't play that Texas game. We shouldn't have played it if we're not in the playoff. And I'm thinking, dude, stop threatening that you're going to not play a tough non-conference game because you may get left out of this one college football playoff. And, oh, by the way, they weren't. It, it actually helped them in the end, probably, with strength of schedule. So they're in. You I know mean, what helped them, Come too? on. Uh, playing the SEC championship game, which they're also debating whether or not they're going to continue that whenever the playoff field uh, expands. Uh, so I think all if, these if are going to flip away. the argument. If you're going to flip the argument, beating Georgia helps you get in. That's true. 
That's a good so point. So you, you better play this game. Yeah, they're not in if that SEC championship game does not happen. Right. Getting that one huge opponent at the end of the year. That was number one. That's a good point. Coming up, that's my quarterback. We'll discuss quarterback decisions and, well, hypotheticals for the NFL and more. Also in college. Some good examples and some, well, maybe some bad choices as well. We'll debate that straight ahead. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, you mentioned the uh, bad loss for the Steelers uh, to Arizona. Arizona winning on the road. Uh, they're also out of out of pocket with Pickett. Can he pick it out two to four weeks with an ankle procedure? Bring uh, on Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky's he's back, yeah, baby. He's back, and he's going to be playing Thursday night as they take on the Patriots. Steelers will then play Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Seattle, and then Baltimore to end the season. And, I mean, how how quickly the AFC North has flipped from the team that could get three in. At one point, they had all four in until the quarterbacks just – going down, just dropping. I would like to know the stat of quarterback injuries this year as opposed to every other year and, and where it ranks with the amount uh, of games played by backups. Well, the, the, sure, it's not difficult to find, It's uh, it, but this I, has I, to I be up there, right? By and large, I think you see your backup play at some point during the season. Yeah, um, but amount of, I'd like to know amount of games started by backup quarterbacks this year. Well, we know they Any set the record for the rookie, the, the record for the rookies. Yeah. Uh, right now, the Steelers have the, fi- the the fifth seed in the AFC with Trubisky coming in. I'm getting short week here as they take on New England, but at least the it's saving grace is it's New England. Uh, they're at seven and five. Yeah, they're going to be right at home in a nine to three game. All of a sudden, one. don't look now, but the Indianapolis Colts are seven and five with Gardner Minshew and a, a guy that the Titans can't do anything against. I know it's un- unbelievable. Dude is just dancing like a maniac. In the locker room after the game. Cleveland continues to fall, but they've got, uh, they're right now the seventh seed. Houston is right behind them, and then Denver behind Houston. Bills remain in the 10th spot. Uh, they had the bye week. They're at six and six. And just for the, the flip side of it, just at the, the back end of things, Cowboys, Vikings, Packers right now are your wildcard teams in the NFC, followed by the Rams, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and Saints. Let's go ahead and just mention the Rams and the Seahawks because I don't think Buccaneers or Saints out of the NFC South stand much of a chance. Rams were able to take care of uh, Joe Flacco yesterday. Inconsistency, yeah. Got it done. That's right. Yes, that's right. Uh, Plenty of quarterbacks to discuss. T.O. certainly knows a thing or two about that. It's my quarterback. What's up, guys? It is in the hunt time when we look at this playoff picture. I'm going to throw a graphic on the screen, and there are six teams on this graphic we're going to focus on. You currently have the Steelers at five, Browns at six, Colts at seven, Texans at eight, Broncos at nine, and Bills at ten. And when you look at those teams, which quarterback do you trust the most to get his team in the playoffs? So I'll start here. There's really two that I'm eyeing, and it's mainly about the schedule for me that's remaining. Um, CJ Stroud is the offensive rookie of the year. And it sounds crazy to say I'm trusting the rookie more than everyone else out there. But given the schedule and what I've seen from him, the, the Tank Dell injury, not good for that offense. No. 
out for the year. I'm still going to lean on C.J. Stroud and what I've seen so far through the season. That mixed with a poor schedule the rest of the way. Give me C.J. Stroud, the guy I have the most trust in to lead their team to the playoffs. Honestly, second place for me would be Gardner Minshew, also in the AFC South, given the week schedule left for them. So C.J. Stroud, for me, is the answer here uh, of the quarterback I trust the most, just because it's been consistent. Um, he does turn the football over, and they they have their fair share of issues. But of the group that I'm looking at, just the, the top three, yeah, I'm looking at... Uh, I'm looking at Stroud, but hang on one moment though, because we, within this list that Davey has presented, the Buffalo Bills in their upcoming schedule, Kansas City, Dallas, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. Chad's basing this off the schedule. I am doing that as well, but Josh Allen is in the elite category of quarterbacks in the National Football League. We should not be giving him a pass by not mentioning his name. And we're mentioning a rookie and Gardner Minshew as the quarterbacks we trust enough to get their team to the playoff. This should be Josh Allen's best work right here. You're right. Kansas City is no daunting task anymore. I'm sorry. But they uh, check out the, Green the, the, the NFC North. Night. Check out the NFC North. Detroit uh, also did that on the road at Arrowhead. Buffalo can beat them. How do I know that? Because Green Bay just did. Buffalo could beat them. And looking at their upcoming schedule, Dallas, again, that's, that's rough. Chargers, no. That, that should be a victory for Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills. The Patriots should be a victory for Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills. And quite frankly, in the final week of the season, Miami, who we've preached all year, well, they got to prove it against a team that's good. Buffalo won. They should beat them again. This should be Josh Allen's best work, not an afterthought. That is deserving of the answer. But, Chad, I'm not mentioning him because at 6-6, six and six, they're very consistent at being inconsistent, and so is he. It's the same. If you played me a, a post-game recap, his thoughts of week one against Detroit or told me it was week 12, which game was this, I couldn't tell you. Could not tell you. Because it's the same song, different verse in regards to the mistakes that are being made. And when you reach this point in the season, it's just who you are. They're just inconsistent. There's no correcting it. This is this is their identity now at this point in the year. That's a great point about Josh Allen. Tad, you mentioned uh, C.J. Stroud, locked up offensive rookie of the year. I do want to let you know that Puka Nakua still has a chance. He's second in the odds. but Plus we'll, 80,000? What are the it, odds It's there? plus 2,500, okay. so we won't really dive in. But nah, He's got, got about it, the yeah. same chance I have of winning wrong team favored after the bowl picks. So I'll, I'll give you that one, guys. If C.J. Stroud is injured and he's out, does Puka Nakua win? What do the odds change? Or is it still like, oh, you know I what? Still the think, votes have already been cast. I, th- I still think he wins. I think just on what he's done, he could not put up CJ another. Stroud. He could not gain another yard this season <laughs> and still win it. All right, guys, switching it up. I know a lot of the conversation today has been about the college football playoff selection. And when we look at the four quarterbacks that have gotten their team into the college football playoff, which one has to be on their A game in order for their team to ultimately win it all? Chad, for me, it's Jalen Milrow. Because Jalen Milrow went on his A game is the team that Nick Saban has coached back to the college football playoff. And when Jalen Milrow is not in his A game, they don't wait around too much longer before making a change. They had to figure that out. They were not getting his A game. And, well, 
He's been playing very well. He's very confident. I love the moxie that he's had the last month. But if he shows up and he's shaky, if he shows up and he's looking to run after a first read, which again, I'm not expecting him to. But if he's off, Bama is off. And that affects everything. I don't know that any of these teams are winning without an A performance from their quarterback, at least in one of the two games, right? Maybe they get by because of a dominant running game. If you're Michigan, let's yeah. say, if you're J.J. McCarthy, I think all of them need it. If I'm, if I'm going to pinpoint the one that has to have it, it's the quarterback of the team with the least amount of NFL talent on the roster. That's Washington. Washington is the least talented team of these four. They're very talented. They've got some pros in that team, but they're not Michigan. They're not Texas. They're not Alabama from a top-down talent standpoint. But the number of positions, yeah. And, and I think Penix is the most consistent of these quarterbacks in yes. the field. And he definitely – but it's going to take an elevation of his performance, I think, to pull this thing off. He's going to have to be A++. And he's very good. He's capable of it. But he's got to be great if Washington's going to do this. Chad, to uh, make your point heard even louder, in terms of the 247 sports composite talent rankings, Washington is last of these four teams. They're ranked 26. They don't even have one five-star on their team. There you go. But Penix Jr. can make a lot of those guys look like five-stars with, with his play. So he's, he's key. And what's crazy, Hud, is I, I agree with you. And, and Bama has the most talented roster going into this playoff. But, yeah, if, if Milrose struggling, like Michigan's the one team where it's like, I think they could put in somebody for J.J. McCarthy and I would still feel good about their chances. But here's the thing about Bama. With, with the 10 penalties and, you know, missing a chance at uh, a touchdown and instead throwing a pick in the red zone, whatever, um, they've had the quarterbacks that could bail them out of that. You know, Bryce Young was going to keep you in the game. So if they're going to revert back to something like that where they're going to have 9 to 12 penalties in a game against Michigan, they can't do that and have the version of Jalen Milrow prior to them turning the season around. What They've got to have the version of Jalen Milrow that's closer to the quarterback lineage that he's replaced. And that's what he's done to his credit. But he, they can't replace the, the impact that he's had by just being steady, making the right reads, not turning the football over, and allowing the defense to just go to work. He does that. Guys, last week before or on That's My Quarterback, I asked you who was the next member of the Heisman House. And as we went into this weekend, we really had the scenario that really convoluted the entire discussion because you had Bo Nix, who was the heavy favorite at the point, losing to Michael Penix Jr. and Washington. And now the updated odds have Jaden Daniels minus 1,200 uh, Michael Penix plus 900, Bo Nix plus 1,500, and then Jalen Milrow plus 10,000. But based off the new odds, just where we're going, who are you expecting to be the next Heisman candidate or that next Heisman Trophy winner? I want it to be Penix, and I, I would say that's probably a pretty smart bet if you want to just put some money on some heavy odds. Plus 900, you said? Correct. Right now for Penix. Hutton, I, I think... I think he should have won the Heisman with that performance against Oregon. Well, that's in that win. He's my answer. Yeah, that's who I want to win. That's it, it, my answer here is different. My vote, if I'm voting for the Heisman, is Michael Penix Jr. But who I think is going to win is typically who Vegas has the odds way in the favor of winning, and that's Jaden Daniels. So I, my pick is Penix. So I I say Michael Penix Jr. because I'm a believer in the process that's a bad one, that the Heisman voters, all 900,000 of them, 
uh, tune in to you know the marquee matchups whenever they're actually on national TV. They don't watch a ton of West Coast or East Coast, depending on which coast you're biased to. Uh, they don't see a lot of these teams play until it's actually the game where, where the nation's tuned in for the most part. Uh, they were watching Washington and Oregon. And it's hard for me to believe that a quarterback who wasn't playing this past weekend is going to jump Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix, who was the favorite going into the weekend for the Heisman vote. So if they're the favorite, if Nix is the favorite in Vegas, and once again, Michael Penix Jr. beats him head to head and has the performance that he did, it's hard for me to say that guy's not going to get enough votes. However, it is a voting group that is very groupthink. And all I saw over the weekend were the grandstanding for Jaden Daniels. And don't overlook, no one's overlooking the SEC, trust me. But to not have Penix Jr. in the conversation, to act like it's a bad vote, is ludicrous. Based on the fact that we've seen the body of work throughout the season. And it's not Jaden Daniels' fault that Brian Kelly can't put together a defense. But, I mean, results are results. And I've seen one more result against a really good team from Michael Penix Jr. Guys, the man that Michael Penix Jr. took over for was Jake Browning, and he's actually going to be in action tonight on Monday Night Football where we have the Bengals going down to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Jacksonville currently a 10-point favorite. The total on that one set at 40-and-a-half. What do you think is going to ultimately happen here later on? So one prediction I've been good on, Anytime touchdown scores. Got it right again Let's with DeAndre it. Hopkins uh, on my recommendation on Friday for the, for the Titans. That has big days typically against the Colts. Um, I went with a parlay. Joe Mixon wow. and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley uh, both have plus odds. I feel good about both those guys finding the end, end zone tonight. So Joe Mixon anytime touchdown. Calvin Ridley for the Jags anytime touchdown. Jags get it done, though, but I don't think – that's a pretty big line. I, I would yes. probably take Cincinnati plus the points, but give me Mixon and Ridley anytime touchdowns. The Bengals are 1-25 in road or neutral site night games over the last 25 years. Um, Cincinnati, they've won only four games without Joe Burrow. This has Jacksonville written all over it. So I'm, I would lay the points, and I would take the over because if you think mm. Jacksonville's winning by 10 or more – there should be more than 40 points combined in this game. And Jacksonville's defense will also allow some big plays, some splash plays. And if Chad's hitting on Joe Mixon, then I think the over hits surprisingly in this. May we all be winners. Affair. May we all be winners tonight. That's my yes. solemn prayer. Yes. Even Florida State? Florida State already lost, unfortunately. Oh, For, through no fault of their own, even though they had no losses on the season. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. Hot my with Hunt and Withrow.